Hello friends, I'm Kendra Losey, KendraLosey.com, and you've tuned into the Invisible to Invincible podcast where unapologetically driven business owners share their journeys from hidden gems to industry leaders. Together, we'll uncover the secrets, mental shifts, and business strategies that turn hidden gems into undeniable forces. Hit that subscribe button and let's dive in. Our guest today is sales coach and trainer, Justine Beauregard. Welcome, Justine. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited you're here. For those of you listening, Justine has been a sales coach and trainer since 2008, helping hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs increase their income up to 2,300% and have fun doing it. Is that right? It is right. That individual client went from $3,000 months to $70,000 monthly recurring revenue. Okay, we're diving into this for sure. (laughs) So before we do, and before you dive into that story, I would love to hear about your business and what you do. How do you help people as a sales coach and trainer? Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward when you think about sales. I teach people how to sell things and more things to more people. And I think a lot of people, when they think about sales, they envision like a slicked back hair style and like a business suit that's a little you know, ill-fitting and like an overage of cologne, like a very masculine sales image. And it's funny because I will often use the example of a used car salesman when I talk about sales Mm -hmm. and how brilliant it actually is. Like a lot of components of the sales modeling that car dealerships use and different approaches and strategies to sell in the same exact scenario, but in a different way. So I help people not just understand sales dynamics and sales psychology and what to say and how to overcome objections and all of that, but it's almost taking it back a layer and talking about what is your ideal sales process and then taking it back a layer from there and going, well, what exactly is your offer and the thing that you're selling? Because sometimes you're not successful with sales because you just don't know what to say when you get on calls with people and you don't know how to navigate those conversations in a way that feels really authentic and that feels easy and seamless. And that's part of it. But a lot of the time, it's just that we don't have a process. We don't have a set process to sell. So usually when you are selling to people and you're having trouble doing it, it's not just the sales process and it's not just knowing what to say. It's also what you're selling and your belief in the offer and how it's structured and all of those things. And so I help people kind of figure out where is the sticking point in the process? Is it that you're not clear and certain on your offer and excited to sell it and feel like it's a steal? Or is it because you lack a process? Or is it because you're just having a lot of trouble overcoming objections? And for some people, it's not even all of that. It's that they have no, and especially for your listeners, because they're self-proclaimed hidden gems that are trying to be trusted leaders. For those people, it's lead gen and demand gen for what they sell and understanding where and how to meet people. And that's an interesting part of my background as a former, you know, someone with a marketing degree, a former marketing manager for several startups. I kind of bridge the gap between marketing and sales and marketing is just pre-selling. So if you can nail some of that messaging and really speak to the value of the offer sooner, then by the time you get on sales calls, you're objection free, right? And there's no friction in the sales process because those people already want to buy it. So it's a variety of factors, but we work on all of it. 
I love that. And I have so many questions for you. But first, I want to talk to you about how you started this business. Uh, tell me a little, you mentioned you're a marketing manager. Tell us a little bit about your journey to starting your business. And then I want to, just a teaser, I want to also dive into the decision to name it after yourself. Yeah. So my entrepreneurial journey really started when I was five or six years old. My maternal grandmother was a serial entrepreneur. She was one of the founders of Women in Electronics. She had her own company in the tech space. She had real estate investments. So she was really like a go-getter. She had five kids, like just totally went all in on the entrepreneurship side. Like she was just an amazing role model. And I remember when I was about 17, she passed away. Her and my grandfather actually passed away five days apart. And I remember sitting with her on her back porch and she said, you know, I know I don't say, well, I know we don't talk as often because, you know, she was just a busy woman and we didn't spend a ton of quality time together, but I used to shadow her at work a lot. And I loved, cause my mom was a single mom. I would always be like, can I come to work with you? Or can I go with Nana? And can I, you know, check things out? And I would pretend to be one of the salespeople and I would carry around a little notepad. And, you know, I had like lemonade stands and friendship bracelet businesses and all sorts of the fun things that you have as a kid. But seeing her and right before she passed away, we had this conversation and she said, if anyone's going to follow in my footsteps, it's going to be you. And I think you have the potential to do some great things in business. I see the spirit of entrepreneurship in you. And I want you to nurture that as much as possible because you could do really great things. Fast forward to her passing away, my mom being a single mom, needing to make money and kind of ingraining into me like, two different stories. One, you can be anything and anyone that you want to be. But on the other side, it was, you need to pay the bills and you need to have stability because I never want you to not be able to provide for yourself. I don't want you to be reliant on other people. So I, she raised me to be very fiercely independent, which was great, but that's what drove me into corporate. So fast forward from my corporate career of about eight years I had tried my hand at a lot of different startups and a lot of different things. I did a little dabbling in publishing. I did a little dabbling in educational nonprofit. And then I got pregnant with my first son. I have two boys. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, my whole life, I've wanted to climb the corporate ladder and work my way up to a VP level and all of these things. And now that I'm pregnant, I really want to be the one to raise my own kid. And I had this conversation with my husband and he said, why not start your business early? Because I had always had the dream of semi-retiring, starting a consulting firm in my 50s and going that route. And at the time I was in my late 20s and I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing now. So I launched my business and like most people... It was not successful in the first year. I kicked it off. I had no sales for the first three months. Everything that I was good at helping others with, I was terrible at helping myself with. And that is when I started to think about, okay, what do I really want? And I made the decision to go all in on my business. And once I did that and hired mentors and worked really hard and learned all the things that I had helped other people do in a variety of ways for myself... That was when my business really took off. And from year one to year two in my business, I grew 1800%. 
And my clients started to get great results, like the 2300% growth client example that I told you about. I've had hundreds of clients since. Some of them have gone from zero to $3,000 months in a couple of months. Some of them have gone from six grand to $78,000. So I've had big transitions. And, and most of the people that I work with are exactly who you have described your audience on this podcast to be. They are the people who are just really talented. They have a gift. They have something within them, a great business idea. They're really smart. They know how to do what they do really well. But when it comes to the sales and marketing, they freeze, they get uncomfortable. They think it's something they don't want to do. They shy away from it. And instead they pour their energy into the things that either make them feel productive or that they just enjoy and they don't actually hit their goals. So my job is to bring the fun back into the sales and marketing side so they can actually enjoy how they grow. Absolutely. You said so many different things there. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Remember this. What, first of all, honestly, what a gift to have that powerful of role models that early. I think that growing up, a lot of us, you know, it's changing generation by generation, but a lot of us didn't have role models of female business owners, of female entrepreneurs and that entrepreneurial spirit, because there just wasn't an opportunity for them if they had it. Yeah. And to be able to see that as a role model and be taught some of that at such an early age, that's incredible. Yeah, I feel really lucky. Yeah, and being able to pull that in and actually make that change. So when you decided to go all in on your business and you decided to start your business, what, let's talk, I want to talk about personal branding because both of us have businesses named after ourselves. Yeah. What was your reason for doing that? Most people buy me because I am in the intangible space of services. So most people, when, you know, they come to me and say, well, I want, I want what you're doing. I want to talk to you. And it actually wasn't an easy decision. And it wasn't really a decision that I was prepared to make for many years. I've hidden behind stock photography and a company name. When I started my business, it was a company name. It wasn't my name. This was only a recent rebrand in the past like year or two years that I actually started calling my company what it is now, which is Justine Beauregard. But when I was working with a branding agency to figure out what my next level of growth looked like and really wanted something that represented me in the brand, mm -hmm. it was never my intention to have the brand be me. That was like a pretty big leap. But this agency that I hired was like, well, you're the thing they're buying. And, you know, I think it needs to be you. And the more of my clients that I talked to and the more like voice of customer research I did for, you know, that whole branding project, everybody was like, well, it's, we're really buying Justine. We're buying your knowledge. We're buying, you know, all of those things. And so as I started to think about it more, I'm like, what do I want to do with this business in the long term? Because that's going to have a big deciding factor. If I want to end up building an agency and selling it, I'm going to have to keep it a company name, right? Versus really going in. So about two years ago, I started thinking, I want to do more on less on the consulting side, more on the coaching training side, which means when people meet me, they're going to go Justine Beauregard. She's the one I want to work with. She's the one that I'm hiring which in some ways can be limiting because mm -hmm. if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, my business dies with me, right? Because it is me. 
but that's also a truth that I'm not going to escape either way because I don't want to grow an agency. I like the model and the structure of my business and I love working with people one-on-one and I love for it to be me. So in that way, it felt like a natural, you know, this is what I want to do long-term and this is how I want it to look. So it just felt like it made sense to do it. I love this. And because it's something I've gone through myself. And I think that a lot of people that I talk to and a lot of business owners that I talk to are struggling with the very same thing, right? Because it's really, really easy to hide behind a logo and behind yeah. hide behind a different company name. And it's easy to use stock photography. It is hard or it can be hard to decide to show up as yourself and show up on video and show up with your face on your website and on social media and and your emails and and your content. What made you, was it the branding agency that made you decide to make that change and start showing up as yourself on, and your own face on everything? Or was it, was there another thing? It was a combination. I mean, like the, the agency definitely pushed me further than I had been pushed before in that direction. But just before that time, I had started working with some assistants and they were all like, we're seeing trends on Instagram and, you know, LinkedIn and all these places. Like people want to see your face. They want you to go live on video. They want you to do reels. And I remember a couple of years ago, I created my first reel and it was about how I didn't want to create reels. (laughs) Because I was like, no, I don't want to be on video. And I don't want to dance. I don't want to have like kitschy things. I want to just be myself. And I don't want to have to use gimmicks to try to reach people. And I don't think I need a huge audience to hit my sales goals. I'm proof that I, you don't need that. But just thinking about all the different layers of hiring people to work for me, outsourcing some of my projects to other people. And everyone's telling me the same thing. My clients are saying, I bought you. I didn't buy like generic sales coaching or program. I really bought access to your brain and your process and the way that you think. And all of that kind of solidified into, okay, they're really buying me. And I can't let my discomfort of posting pictures of myself on my homepage, pull me away from building trust in a very important way for my brand. And it's certainly not for everybody. And I think there are, you know, going back to the example from before, there are pathways where maybe you are certifying people in a process and you're leaning heavier on your IP or like building out some sort of agency model or have an aggressive goal to be able to sell your business in three to five years. And it doesn't make sense to brand it as you. But for me, it was actually a really empowering lesson to be like, Yeah, I need to, as you said, show up authentically as myself. And I think I told myself for many years, who am I? My story is not interesting. I'm just a normal person who lives in a normal town with a normal family. There's nothing stand out about me. That's what I believed. And then every time I do a podcast interview, it's inevitable. People go, wow, your story is so fascinating. Or I love that you grew up with this strong maternal figure. And for me, it's just, that's just, that was my Nana. I don't, that doesn't seem remarkable, but to many, everyone has a story that's remarkable in some ways, right? I think that's one of the most amazing things is that I speak to these primarily women, but some men too. And they're like, oh, I've done all these things, but that's not really, that was before. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't count. And 
when we take those things that we've done for granted, it's really hard to help connect with your audience because you're like, you don't want to talk about yourself. You don't want to talk about these things that could potentially be things that they're going through as well. Yeah. They can be things that they've faced. I mean, I actually did the same exact thing almost around the same time because last year I rebranded from, it was actually two different businesses because why do one if you can do two? And I didn't want to do an agency model. I'd worked in an agency. I didn't want to do an agency model anymore. I was starting to go down that road and why? Like, I didn't love it. I like working with people exactly like you're saying. And I did a very similar thing from consultant to coaching and doing more of that. And I, I do like some consulting, but I love the one-on-one, I love the transformations and I love taking people who don't want to show up, who are afraid to show themselves, who are afraid to talk about what they're doing and helping them scale their personality. Yeah. Right. If people are buying you, why are you hiding? Right. And how do you expect them to buy you if you're not showing them who you are? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I love, absolutely love everything you're saying in your story that you got to. If you were to give someone advice who is on the fence about showing up, who's on the fence about putting themselves out there from marketing and sales perspective, what is the like number one advice you give to people? So I am not in the camp of like favorites or my number one tip or any of these things because For me, it's super personal. Like when I meet someone, I get to know them and I figure out where their gap is pretty quickly. That's one of my skill sets as a salesperson is to really dive deep quickly. So I will understand like, this is where they're struggling. This is the thing I'm going to tell them, or this is the thing I'm going to give them. And so it will vary. And it's also dependent on my mood and I'm always Mm -hmm. learning and growing and, you know, changing my mind about things. I also have ADHD, so that contributes to it a little bit too. (laughs) I, I will. Thank you. I love to be here. It, I would definitely say though, even just what we were talking about a moment ago, just because that's what feels relevant to the conversation now is this idea of going back and reflecting on your strengths and skills and things that have made you feel the way that you want others to feel when they experience you. So for me, when I was going through this whole rebranding process, I remember being challenged by multiple people. The agency I was working with, I hired a copywriter to help me with some things. I was working with my business coach at the time on it. There were so many different people's perspectives and opinions. And what I ended up doing was going back and reflecting on what makes my story worth telling to me, which not everybody is going to have the same perspective on that, right? But I went back and I thought about what are the accolades? What are the standout moments? What are those little pieces that made me who I am? And it was really interesting to go back. I never told these stories to people before I did this exercise of the influence of my maternal grandmother as much as like hindsight is 2020 looking back and like seeing all those visits to her business and shadowing her like I didn't think much of it or the fact that I went on a vacation my uh, father and my stepmother for my high school graduation I am a quality time is my love language type of person. And when they said we could give you money or we could give you an experience, what do you choose? And I said, obviously, I want the experience. So they took me to Aruba for a week after I graduated from high school. And when we were there, I brought homemade earrings 
that I like Swarovski crystals were all the rage back then. And I made these earrings and I brought 35 pairs and I sold every single pair before we left and made hundreds of dollars on my vacation because I just have this entrepreneurial spirit or that, you know, I had, I was flown to Arizona to have lunch with Drew Bledsoe when I was a kid because I won this like award. And I just thought, it's so interesting to go back and look. I was published in a book of poetry when I was nine years old. Like all these little things that have contributed to like when people say, why, oh, you're such a strong writer. You're so great with copy and messaging and things. I'm like, yeah, I've been a published poet since I was nine. I write every day. I read things about how to write. I read a lot of nonfiction and fiction. I learn about these things. And like thinking about all those experiences, whoever's listening, you have that same ability to, to go dive into the archives and look through the story of your life and pinpoint where are those like really special standout circumstances that make you feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more ready, a little bit more worthy, a little bit more excited to put yourself out there and go grab that collection of stories and use hindsight to your advantage so you can then compelling, you know, t- craft this really compelling brand story that people can see themselves in because often it's those little moments and details that we just overlook or think aren't important. And as you've seen in the beginning of this interview, you immediately attached to that story about my grandmother. And a lot of people do. And for me, it was just, that's how I grew up. That was just a little detail, but it matters. I think it's, there's something that you said in there. A lot of it, actually, if you guys are listening, please take notes. There's some really good, great insights in here. I think that what it's really easy for us to look back and say, okay, here's the big things that happened, right? I've been laid off six times. So I finally decided to start my own business. That's one story, but what are the deeper moments in there and those little moments, right? Not just the big things, but what are the little things that we often forget? And I think journaling, you know, really, really helps. And as well as just going back and looking and tying that in, I'm going to take what you said one step farther and tying that in to what do you really want? Because mm. when you know what you really want and you know who you want to help and what you want to do, it also can help start pulling those stories out and aligning them for your brand and for your brand stories. And there's so many different pieces that you can then start to use to craft your marketing messaging, to connect better. So as Justine mentioned earlier, when when people are coming to you as for sales, they already know you. They can already point to things. They've already decided in their head (laughs) or in their gut that they like you and they want to work with you. So it's those extra pieces that help just add those layers. I, I also love, so like I said, I'm a perpetual student. I love to read. And a couple of things that really helped me in this department, there was a, there's a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. I'm sure a lot of people have read it, but It's the idea that these tiny moments, it's not like the big decisions that you make. It's these tiny habitual choices that we make that are what get us where we want to go. And so that book was really powerful. Also, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, talking about what's your zone of excellence versus your zone of genius versus your zone of competence and incompetence to really understand. Because for me, for many years, I was like, oh, 
I'm a great writer. And so I told myself, I'm just going to write email campaigns for people. I'm going to write, you know, sales copy for people because that's what I'm good at. I've been writing my whole life and I enjoy it. That's actually my zone of excellence, not my zone of genius. My zone of genius is more critical thinking and instant problem solving. So when I hear somebody say something, I immediately attach to it and can reverse engineer success from it. I can hear someone talk about their business and sell them better than they can within five minutes of meeting them. And I do this for hundreds of people. Like I really have this skill in the sales side. And for so many years, because I have a marketing degree and a background in marketing, I told myself that story, I'm a marketer. And now it's, I'm an expert sales trainer and coach. And that's what I really love. And that's what I really help people do. And yes, I can help with the marketing pieces, but really that sales piece is where I thrive. And I think a lot of people as you ask yourself those questions of what do I really want, you'll go to what am I good at versus what do I really want? What is my zone of genius? And why I love The Big Leap is because Gay will ask specific questions in that book to help you identify what your zone of genius actually is. And I didn't know until I was in my 30s, which is mind blowing. I don't want anyone to wait that long to know. Both of those are excellent, excellent books. Absolutely. I loved The Big Leap. It was given to me and I was like, ah, another one of these books. And I read it. It was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I wish I was an affiliate. I would be a multimillionaire at this point. I've recommended his book so many times. <laughs> right? It's really, really, it's solid for sure. And it's a great book to pick up if you're trying to find that thing. Because I always write as the marketer working on my own stuff is always the hardest thing. Uh, like you said, I can, I can help people look at their business and assess where the problems are and figure out where the solutions are beyond just marketing. But here's what we need to do. Here's where it's actually going to work best for you. Here's how you can talk about it. Here's how you connect. Like I thrive on doing that. Yeah. But it also comes down to, I didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like you put yourself in these boxes and you decide what you can and can't do. And it's a lot of times it's those things. And this is what's in the book talks about as well. It's the things we take for granted. Mm-hmm. Like you, I always thought everyone could write. I mean, I was writing my dad's sales emails at 15. And this was back before, you know, <laughs> before the internet, really. So there was no real examples to use. And so trying to figure it out how to connect and find the problem and figure out the structure of something with no resources is really challenging. And so I just always assumed everyone else could do it, too. But it's learning that not everyone can. It's what are yeah. you, what is that thing that really makes you you? And then how do you talk about it? How do you share it? How do you position it in a way that is going to connect with people? In a, and it's really such an exciting process. Yeah. And it's hard to see when you're not looking for it, because why would you dig into any of that without a reason, without a prompt, right? It's figuring out why do I brush my teeth? I don't know. I just do it every day in the morning and at night. Like that's, you're just raised to kind of inherently do some of these things. And you never really stop to question until it gets to a point where you're like, okay, I have a cavity. Now I need to figure out what I need to do differently or how I need to change this process or how I'm doing it to make it more efficient. Like most of us do have these innate skills or things that we've just nurtured 
or have had nurtured by people in our environment, we don't really give them a second thought. And why would we? So just, and part of the reason why I'm saying that is because there's a lot of shame and like guilt Mm -hmm. and feelings of remorse in not knowing sooner or not taking that time to do those things earlier. I know there was for me and thinking about, you know, like I just said, I didn't know my zone of genius until I was in my thirties and it's, I wish I knew that. So I want other people to know that, but at the same time, what's meant to be always is that's my favorite Irish proverb. And I feel like they're, you're always given exactly what you need when you need it. I believe that. And so there was a reason why I was meant to follow the pathway that I did. And if you're listening now and something is sparking, maybe it's not even that point. Maybe it's something about atomic habits. Maybe it's something about the story earlier, but you're hearing it for a reason. And so lean in, don't, don't pull away when you feel the draw. That's when you lean in, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't know what to do with it yet, just sit with it, pay attention to it, notice how it feels in your body to receive it. It, it really does make a difference when you start to open yourself up to, Oh, I really liked that. Pause, write it down, put it somewhere, think about it more, take an action on it if you want to, but don't just let it pass you by. And I'm going to add to that, especially if it makes you uncomfortable or provides some sort of discomfort, because that's where some of those things that we are outside of what we normally think about and approach and, oh, that's going to be uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. Those are usually the things where you can make those bigger leaps and make those bigger connections and it will have the biggest impact. Justine. You have been awesome. I could talk to you for another half hour to an hour, at least. You guys will enjoy me talking with my new best friend, Justine. Um, she is fantastic. At five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I said, see you for cocktails at five. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Before we start to wrap up, I would love to hear a little bit about what, where you are right now. Are there any accomplishments that you had recently that you really want to celebrate? And my last question as part of that is, what does your business allow you to do now that wasn't possible when you started? Hmm. I love these questions. Ugh. Okay, where I am now is in a totally different place from when I started because I'm not even doing the same things that I was doing when I started, which is okay, by the way. I feel like, again, there's a lot of shame and guilt in changing direction. And as a multi-passionate ADHD entrepreneur with multiple autoimmune conditions, like I've had to pivot quite a few times. I know that word is not everyone's favorite, but it is real, right? We have to make choices and decisions that suit us. And I have to say, I am the most free, which is one of my core values, is freedom, feeling free to be who I am, to love who I am, to do what I want, to serve who I want, how I want, all of those things. And so, you know, my business has gone through many iterations and evolutions over the years. I am now at the point where I do whatever I want, whenever I want. So I'm working with people in a way that's really flexible. I'm taking summers off. I'm taking multiple weeks off throughout the year. I'm working 25 hours a week at most. I have the perfect clients. I have loads of money all the things that is great. And I I love that. I love to celebrate those wins because I was not an overnight success. And I don't think a lot of people are. Some people are, but I was not. And 
everything that I learn, everything that I gain. And one of the other books that I really love is Florence Scovel Shin. She wrote a collection of works in the 1920s about business. And there's a book called The uh, Secret Door to Success. And it's great. There's also The Game of Life and How to Play It, another one of my favorites from her. But there's four different books that she wrote. And there's a quote that reminds me of my grandmother, actually. And it says, I do wonderful work in a wonderful way and give wonderful service for wonderful pay. And for many years, I thought, I do wonderful work in a wonderful way and give wonderful Mm -hmm. service. And I didn't want to talk about money and I didn't want to talk about my desire for more of it or, you know, leaning into even what my clients were generating in terms of income. I always shied away from it because I didn't want to be unfair. Some of my clients are making millions of dollars. Some of my clients are making thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars and they're brand new. And I think it's an unfair comparison. And we live in a very compare and despair society that's brought about by social media, seeing other people's success. And so when I say I helped a client go from 3000 to $70,000 months, that's not typical of most business owners, right? And the types of clients that they're serving and what they offer and the price point and all of the things, like there's so many factors. But over the years, as I've done more work on my money mindset and more work thinking about who I wanna be and how I wanna show up in the world and being in the industry of sales where people, it is a metrics-oriented, revenue-oriented business. Talking about the numbers is... I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to tell you that a client of mine just booked $120,000 of business in eight weeks, but that doesn't need to be your story. And it also could very well be your story. You could blow them out of the water too. So it's not about comparison. It's about proof. It's about understanding what lights you up, what you connect to, what you desire, and really asking yourself that question, not what should you be doing, not what could you be doing, not what do other people want you to do? What do you want? Because whatever you decide, like you said, you can have it if you're clear and you create that pathway forward. So that is, you know, my ADHD kicked in. I don't even remember your original question. <laughs> it was whole like tangent. But that's, you know, that's something to, to, I hope people take away from this is you can be and have anything you want, but you need to be clear about it. You need to be direct about the pathway to get it. And you need to be intentional about your decisions and get after it. Don't do one thing and say another do the thing, say the thing, be the thing, own the thing, like really go all in on that thing. Absolutely. That is fantastic advice. Those of you who are tuned in, you can reach Justine at, where would you like people to, where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah. JustineBeauregard.com is my website. And I also have a podcast called People Over Profit, where we talk about and dig into for under 15 minutes an episode on average, different sales, marketing and growth strategies or concepts that I think are valuable for people like how to be more productive with your time or how to, you know, close more sales conversations or how to generate more leads or be 10 times more visible, things like that, that are really hopefully going to help people build up their sales, marketing and growth muscles a little bit more so they can make more impact and income. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation. Like I said, I would continue it easily for much longer, but we're not going to. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go find Justine on our podcast and on our website and on social media. Thank you for joining us today. And remember at KendraLosi.com, you can find business coaching and our upcoming Invisible to Invincible Lab and Mindset Marketing course designed to bring you clarity, confidence, and consistency to how you and your business show up. We are all about unapologetically driven entrepreneurs guiding you to success in both business and life because it's never too late to make your business and career work for you, not the other way around. Until next time.